Coming up with backstory for our characters is so much fun, but how do we actually incorporate that backstory into our book so our reader is not bored, instead they want to hear more? Today we're talking about the top mistake that authors often make when writing backstory and how to avoid losing your reader's interest and instead keeping them engaged throughout your book with backstory. Hey friends, welcome to the Inspired to Write podcast. My name is Olivia Roan. I'm a writer who loves Jesus, a dog mom, a story development nerd, and I have a huge passion for all things creative. I know you have a story on your heart that you're dying to tell. There is something unique inside of you that God is trying to call out through your creativity. But you get caught up in the details of how do I write a good story? How do I make my characters come to life on the page? Does my book truly matter? You find yourself stuck writing chapter one over and over, burnt out, discouraged, and on the brink of quitting. I made this podcast because I believe in your story. I want to encourage you through scripture and help you develop your craft, grow spiritually, and create the creator in mind. If you are ready to make an impact through your book that will honor God no matter what market you choose to write for, then grab a notebook and some coffee and let's get inspired to write. Hey everyone, I'm so excited for another episode and I'm very excited to be talking all about backstory today. Backstory is one of those things that I personally love as a writer and I love to get lost in it. So whether you're like me and you love to get lost in backstory or you're just lost when it comes to backstory, I think today's episode will be for you. But before I dive in, I do want to share a review with you guys. So today's review is from Sunray Girl, and she said, Great ideas. I feel energized. Olivia has an engaging and a warm voice. She's relaxing to listen to. She's got great suggestions, and she's very encouraging. Her passion for writing is evident throughout the podcast. Please come, please keep more episodes coming. Thank you so much, Sunray Girl, for the review. I really appreciate it. And I do plan to keep more episodes coming. So thank you for listening and thank you for reviewing. Really, it means the world to me. And if you haven't left a review yet over on Apple Podcast, please consider doing so and your review might be featured on the show. All right, now for the reason you guys are all here. Backstory, or more specifically, what not to do when it comes to backstory. Listen, I get it. You spent all this time and imaginative brain power to come up with this backstory for your character. But there is a little bit of a harsh truth that we need to realize is that readers don't really care. That is a bold statement. So give me a second because you might be sitting there like, Olivia, I am a reader. I love backstory. Well, that backstory was probably fed to you in an engaging way. If you are making this number one mistake, I guarantee that your backstory is just going to bore your reader and make them want to put down your book and not return because it'll come across as an info dump and that's not what we want. So where is the line between boring backstory and engaging backstory? And how can we tell if our backstory is an info dump or information that readers actually crave. The number one mistake I feel like authors make when incorporating backstory into their book is that they give away too much backstory too soon. 
We have all read that book where we are really lost and really confused on what is actually going on in the story because the author is stuck in backstory land and we feel like we just have a lot of information and not a lot of experiences. When we are storytelling, we are crafting experiences for our readers and they will learn the information through the experiences that we create on the page. We take that joy away from our reader when we just sit there and dump a bunch of information that we feel like they need to know before continuing on in the story. When backstory is the first thing our readers come across, they really won't get to know our characters or the story that we're trying to tell. And you might be thinking, but that seems like the exact opposite because backstory is giving them the information they need to know before this will make sense or that will make sense or whatever else. And let me just challenge your thinking on this because when readers are met with backstory right off the bat, they are not grounded into the current events of the story to even care about what is going on in the past. They don't know the characters to have the empathy built up to care about why they are the way that they are or what happened to them before the events in the story. You are writing the current story. We must prioritize the current story and use backstory as a way to enrich the current story, but we can't use backstory as a crutch and have it overtake our book. I have a little theory on why it's so difficult for authors to stay in the current story sometimes. And my theory is when we are coming up with our stories and we're dreaming them up and we're falling in love with them and we're getting to know our characters, it's often because we are imagining the backstory. Backstory is usually either what inspires us to write the book or when we figure out something new and exciting in the character's backstory, it gives us that fresh spark and wave of excitement to keep writing. And because that's how we relate to our book, then we think that automatically I need to dump that on everybody else so that they're going to fall in love with it too. But when readers pick up your book, it's kind of like a cold open. They have no idea what's going on, who they're with, where they are, what is happening. They don't know. And you kind of need to warm them up to the current story and ground them in the current events so that then they care about the characters and what happens to them and what happened to them in their past to make them the way that they are now. But they need to get to know who they are now first before they'll truly care about who they were. And I hate to say it, but same goes for world building too. You don't want to get so stuck in world building that ironically, it actually just causes the reader to lose focus on where they are in the story or what is even going on or why they care about the world that your characters are living in. But I will give a little disclaimer and say, because of my theory that this is how we're falling in love with our story, so this is how we relate to the story, so this is how we often tell the story for the first time, if you are in your first draft, like literal draft zero of your book, do not worry about anything that I'm saying today. Write the story 
as you see it in your brain. And it might just be an info dump. It might just be nothing but vibes and feels and very messy thoughts and very messy ideas. I know I'm here trying to help you guys tell a better story, but I do really hold the belief that the first draft just needs to be a word vomit, almost stream of consciousness, just get it out. And then we can go back and we can look at all these things that I talk about. If if your character's transformation is there, is there too much backstory? Is it woven in in the correct way? All All the other things we talk about, after the first draft, then we can talk about it. And the reason I say this is because I don't want you to get so stuck in your head that you're unable to actually write. And whatever gets you in love with writing, whatever gets you excited to get up out of your bed and type, do it. And then we can fix it later so that it can communicate that story to your readers in the most effective way. But if you're ready now to evaluate and see if your backstory will actually connect and resonate with your readers, here is how I suggest you fix this backstory problem. So instead of just dumping a bunch of backstory right off the bat, have it woven into your current story in little breadcrumbs, almost like little dots, and then you let the readers connect the dots and fill in the gaps as they go. And that's a part of how you create those experiences when the reader can infer and be an active part of the story too and everything's not just um, spoon-fed to them but they are making connections themselves and they are connecting the dots themselves so what does this actually look like in your draft connect the backstory to the current story oftentimes backstory can be very very triggering What in your current story is triggering that backstory? And when something does trigger a response that would be appropriate to start communicating backstory, do it in little breadcrumbs. Don't throw the whole loaf. You've got an entire story to spread this out. And the more you spread it out and the more you draw readers in with the current story, the more they're going to crave those breadcrumbs. And as they crave more and more, you can give them a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. You don't need to throw the whole loaf of bread in their face. It's kind of like you're building up their appetite so that they actually want and crave the breadcrumbs you're giving them instead of just looking at the whole loaf of bread and they're thinking, I don't know if I can eat all this. I'm not really all that hungry. Uh, It's whatever. I don't really care. Although, to be fair, I don't really feel like anybody thinks that way about bread. (laughs) It's just the example that came into my head. And now I'm sitting here thinking that I could definitely eat an entire basket of bread by myself. But hopefully you can still get the point I'm trying to make. Revealing backstory through conflict is a great way to stay connected to your current story and slowly release backstory as triggering circumstances happen to your character. And chances are if it really is triggering to your character and the memories that it brings back in their backstory, it are unwelcome memories, then they're not going to want to dwell on it for long. So when you're rambling on and on about backstory, that likely your character 
is trying to push down to begin with, it will come across as ingenuine when you spend too much time on it, when naturally your character is trying to forget it. So usually something triggering will happen. Maybe they'll have a flash of a memory and you the reader can tell that it's not a good one and then they're wanting to move on. And so usually that's a great way to foreshadow some conflict, to allude to interesting things that are going to happen as they continue to read the book and that might pique your reader's interest and make them want to keep reading to figure out wait why did they react that way what is that alluding to I've got to find out it's a great way to start introducing unanswered questions which is a foolproof way to keep people engaged when there are unanswered questions we just our brain like needs them answered So our reader is going to try to connect those dots and crave more information to fill in those gaps. And now all of a sudden your reader is engaged in your story as they are experiencing the events for themselves. They are actively participating in your book as if they're right there with the characters because when readers feel like they are experiencing something for themselves, they will naturally impart their own emotions into the reading experience and you were able to invoke those emotions because you trusted yourself enough as a writer to leave the right hints and you trust the reader to connect the dots and be an active participant in your story. You give them that room when you're not just dumping a bunch of information on them. You're letting them figure it out and experience it for themselves. It's all a balancing act that takes a lot of time and a lot of learning because truly when you think about storytelling, all it is is learning how to give information in an artful way because you are trying to tell people the information that is in the backstory it's just you're trying to communicate it in a way that's actually engaging instead of just like a history lesson into the life of your character but as long as we are grounding our reader in the current events and we're making sure our backstory is tied to the front story by something triggering and it's hinting at future conflict that will all connect to the heart of our story, then we're on the right track to communicating this backstory in a way that readers are going to love. But remember, if you don't even have a first draft yet, the most important thing is not that you have your backstory figured out, it's that you have it written. So get it out on paper and you can always go back and rework it. It's so much easier to see if your story is actually working when you get it out onto the page and you're actually able to see it and zoom out and then figure out what pieces are missing, what pieces are in the wrong spot, and whatever else. Basically, what I'm trying to do is getting you to turn off your editing brain. You can't edit what you haven't actually written, so please just write. Save the editing for the editor and for your future self when you actually have a draft to edit. That's all I have for today, friends. Thank you again for joining me on another episode. And don't forget, if you haven't left a written review over on Apple Podcast, please consider doing so and your review might be featured on the show. And remember, as always, I cannot wait to read your book, so please go write it. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. If this podcast is helping you or encouraging you in any way, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts to help this show grow. And don't forget to subscribe and share this show with a friend or somebody who you know needs to be inspired to write.